I know we have a cat. Cat, the cat's running the camera. Good job, Admiral. You're doing great. Don't be nervous. It's fine. I know it's your first time. Dude, I wonder what people think when I like tell them my cat's name is Admiral Bird. Yeah. Because I'm sure a lot of people just have like no fucking clue, or they're, they're like, like oh. "Oh, he named him after a boat captain. How cute!" Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, no, motherfucker. <laughs> We're talking about Antarctica. And you hold up the classified <laughs> dossier that you carry everywhere with you, and you're like, "Check yeah, this right. Like, yo, I actually have a bin full of documents from Operation High Jump in my basement. I stole them. <laughs> no, we're gonna give them back. We're gonna give them back. <laughs> I don't even. I don't know. I want to get. I want to get that guy back in here. If you listen to the Bird Box episode, I want to. I want to get that guy back yeah, in here. We could probably revisit that because he's he's much more knowledgeable on like all kinds of conspiracies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that the the Antarctica thing. He has a personal connection. Per- yeah, with. exactly. So it was really cool. Like when we lived together and he told me he had that box, I was like, no fucking way, dude. Cause he, <sighs> he probably thought he was going to go to his grave without anybody giving a fuck that yeah, he had right? that stuff. Right. Know? And then he gets to bring it over here and <laughs> talk about it on uncle Ted's cabin. Perfect. Couldn't but, be more perfect. Yeah. But, um, also I've had a very fulfilling week myself. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. I was just about to apologize for missing last week. Yeah, you know, if that that felt like I was doing like a dementia speed run or something. That whole episode. <laughs> it was fun. I had a great time. Those guys are wonderful. The Western Promises boys are wonderful. Uh it just was it was it was felt it wasn't a regular episode of Uncle Ted's, that's for sure. No, but I think it was the crossover everybody needed. Yeah, for sure. For and sure. I can't wait to I can't wait to chat with them. We had we had a unexpected event right right that i just needed. yeah i did i kind of glossed i didn't even like touch on that when we did the episode but yeah he, there was a the family emergency last week that needed to be taken care of so but here we are here we are we're back we're back baby you didn't think i was gonna be here today and i can't i didn't i thought you were gonna be here tomorrow and i can't get this fucking joint to light how are we gonna do the show the garbage joint without weed <laughs> dude what do they get it wet or something what is this uh, it says it has live resin in it. Oh, so. that's probably why. So yeah. it's just like, you give it a good hard like. But I definitely. A good suck. I need, I need to smoke before I spurg about this Magic the Gathering theory right, I have. Right, Dude. I, which I've been, I've been really stoked on the new set that came out. Uh, you probably saw on the Instagram or whatever. Mm-hmm. I've, I've made a couple arena videos and. I have one for the new set, which is a lot of fun, super cool. I've really enjoyed the new cards and the new mechanics. But I watched a press release the other day from Wizards of the Coast mm-hmm. talking about the set after this one. Oh. Yes. And there was they were just saying things and presenting the storyline in a way that was like, wait, I've heard this before, you know? Uh-huh. Is it just like another rehash or something, or is it... Well, where I heard it before was a fucking rewrite. Bill Cooper and fucking oh. Alex Jones and everybody else. So they're doing some kind of like Illuminati thing, like or behold a pale, pale horse magic. See if you can get that behold a pale magic player. Basically, magic lore is something that some people can get into and some people can't. A lot of people just like playing the cards. A lot of people just like the game and the mechanics, and that is what it is. But there are some of us out there that really enjoy the stories, really enjoy the characters, really enjoy the arcs and, and the way things go. Hold on to that for a second. Yeah. Um, and so I'm I'm one of those people. I like the lore, so I watched this, this uh, conference, convention, whatever you want to call it, and they were basically... <coughs> foreshadowing a lot of where this story goes um so magic the gathering if you're unfamiliar there's all there's lots of different planes in the multiverse right so there's a multiverse in magic the gathering and there's different planes of existence and they all kind of have their own unique kind of characteristic to them what's interesting about this next set coming up is that all of the planes are going to be 
involved in it. Oh. So instead of just going to Innistrad. Multidimensional. Yeah, instead of just going to Dominaria or just going to Ixalan or just going to Ravnica and dealing with that, we're seeing every character, every plane, and everything that's ever happened because this set this co- that's coming out, March of the Machines, is basically a big culmination of all of the stories leading up to this point, right? So Some kind of grand battle. Yes, exactly right. And and the the woman who's like the lead story design, she even said this is going to be an event set. It's not like we're we're not world building here. We're we're doing an event. So to catch everyone up to speed, there are these evil, evil, evil people called the Phyrexians, and they're not even people. They're machines. What they are is they are corrupted flesh that. Uh, through some weird magic, you know, like oil gets on them and it's like Phyrexian oil. It mm-hmm. it, it corrupts them. Yeah, it, see, I kind of don't know much about this series because I haven't played this go around, so I don't know any of the fucking like. Well, Phyrexians, Phyrexians mm. are. Well, no, I know some OG from, magic lore. I know some from um, Dominaria, I believe. There was a lot of Phyrexian cards because what's her face is a Phyrexian. Elish Norn. Uh, and I think fucking. Um, Jangataxius Sheldred. 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 Sheldred's yes. a fire accident. You know? Sheldred is. That was my bitch. That was my fucking bitch during fucking Dominaria. I hate playing Sheldred decks. I hate playing against Sheldred decks. Get Sheldred my zombie decks. Sheldred yeah. shit, dude. It's fucking over. <laughs> oh, I'm populating. You know I'm populating. I'm doing damage while you're fucking drawing. I'm gaining life while you're fucking getting hurt. But anyway... Uh... Sorry, I'm trying to. No, you're cool. That joint is fucking unwieldy, isn't I it? I know. I'm trying to fix unwieldy this Delta Eight joint. Sons and of bitches. Spurg about magic. But these Phyrexians, basically, all you need to know is that they are corrupted humans, right? Or corrupted flesh, right? And and the idea of the Phyrexians is that through uh, transforming yourself into a machine, you can become perfect, right? And they call it completing. Mm-hmm. So when somebody becomes completed. They've become Phyrexianized. Sure. And they spell it complete, um, P-L-E-A-T. I remember seeing that, Like, at the end, yeah. Yeah. So all complete means is just to make someone fully Phyrexian, and in their eyes, perfect. Right. And I started, you know, drawing connections, like, this is obvious transhumanism, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's the, it's... Bread and butter textbook transhumanism. Yeah, of the that. very the very idea. Yeah, yeah, just just the idea that you as a flesh being are imperfect, so you need to meld yourself with machine technology and all this stuff. And a big thing they talk about is abandoning your emotions, mm. right? So part yeah. of what's so great about being alive and human is is all the like the consciousness spectrum. in general. Yeah, it's yeah. just the shit we get to experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the Phyrexians in themselves. That's where we're starting, right? So the set right now, Phyrexia All Will Be One is the one that's out. I just made a YouTube video about All it. It's on one. our it's on our channel. Yeah. And essentially this is the start of the invasion. This mm-hmm. is the start of the Phyrexians basically traveling across the entire everywhere. multiverse yeah. and invading every single plane everywhere. They're like the fucking Necrons, dude. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, from 40K. Yeah. So the the next set takes it a little further, and and I, I feel like I'm kind of dragging on here. So I no, want to no, get no. to the point. I want to get to the point here, but the, there's there's a lot of transhumanism, predictive programming mm. involved, and there's also there's Project Bluebeam esque things involved. Yeah. Um, let me see. Let me grab my notes. So for instance, you say blue beans. Uh, well, if we're on the topic of blue beam, you said blue beans. What did what did Reagan say, right? If there was ever like an extraterrestrial invasion, yeah. the entire world would unite against a common enemy. With that goofy ass Star Wars shit, yep. So that's exactly what we're gonna see in magic moving forward. Is sure. we're gonna see basically people who wouldn't normally team up together, like arch enemies and rivals, like vampires and angels, right, are going to be fighting alongside each other to defeat the common enemy. The Phyrexians. Sure. So they're programming, they're implementing, they're kind of putting all these undertones in. And at the weirdest time, too, we're getting all this UAP disclosure. Mm -hmm. The the weather balloon's getting shot down, which is a whole distraction in itself. Mm -hmm. But 
we have that angle, and then there's also a lore text. There is a uh, a flavor text on one of the preview cards they showed us that I wanted to talk about. All right. Is Heliod. So Heliod is a god in magic. He's from, I think, the plane of Theranos, mm-hmm. and he is a creature type god. And so Heliod, as a god, he gets his power from the people's faith. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Like their praise towards him and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like how, how many believers, essentially. Exactly. So Heliod becomes more powerful. The more people believe in him, love him, all that stuff, right? But he can be changed because there's a flavor text in one of the cards where even Heliod gets completed. Even one of the gods himself becomes Phyrexianized. Oh, my God. And there's a flavor text on it that says, complete the faith, complete the god. Oh, wow. Complete the god, complete the plane. Oh. So so they're, they're, they're... they're showing you that like grassroots bottom up movements have really big impacts on just the universe and the world, right? If you can distort people's faith in their god, their god becomes a, a bastardization of what it once was, and then right. he becomes Phyrexianized, evil, whatever it is. Sure. Right? So there's all these subtexts that there's that they're weaving into the stories. And and don't even get me started on. I think they're completely fucking up a lot of these legendary creatures. Commander's going to be broken as fuck. Well, they want to break commander. I, I know think. they want to. They want to fucking break commander because nobody wants to play the regular game anymore. <laughs> yeah, what happened to vanilla? <laughs> nobody feels like doing it. They do it on arena, but yeah. it's like IRL. Like everybody just wants to play commander. It's yeah. more exciting. But I don't know. I just I think I, I had like some some aha moments sitting there watching it, and I'm like, is Magic the Gathering predictive programming too? I dude, I think it, that's I think the predictive programming thing always just pans into anything that has any kind of sci-fi or fantasy in it and it's always hindsight's 2020 right yeah 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 it's always like you can look back on something and be like this is what they were trying to say yeah you can but always, in the yeah, moment yeah it's yeah. easy to like draw it's easy to draw the connections once both things are out there and like almost uh, assign intention to it you know for sure in a way so maybe i'm just like schizophrenically assigning some like malintent to hasbro (laughs) (laughs) hasbro out here i mean dude i could sign all the malintent i want because they are ruining magic you know but it's great how how much sci-fi writing and lore and story stuff really do like mirror always i mean i think i've said it on the show this is probably the third fourth time i've said it but they always there's a guy i listen to talk about like sci-fi writing and what it does and like the idea that we're very much like through the collective unconsciousness like creating these dystopian stories very much driving ourselves towards a dystopia with it sure like almost unintentionally we don't realize it but like as our thinking becomes more centered around that actions become centered around it and then like something realizes itself yes without our almost knowing like we almost just like went along it's like almost like it alters what the natural path would have been, if that makes sense. Oh, a hundred percent. It's like the simple fact that like that story exists kind of puts it in your mind. This is what's possible. Yeah, exactly. Once it's out in the air, like once something has yes. been spoken into reality, like it, it's almost it's capable of being physically realized in a way. Well, that's actually a really big. Um, point to the whole stanley kubrick moon landing conspiracy Mm -hmm. uh how kubrick was heavily involved in filming (coughs) folks is that 2001 a space odyssey came out a year before we went to the moon yeah that's weird so when you're looking at stanley kubrick and all these colorized high definition at the time you know like zero gravity shots all this sci-fi stuff, all these things. Like, you're seeing, like, a real space station in this movie yeah. before we ever even, like, did anything like that. Yeah, and, like, all the ideas of, like, even, like, down to, like, how the hallways and stuff are in it and, like, the design of things. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's stuff that, like, realized itself. And it's, like, are they, you know, are the guys who are doing the stuff in the real world drawing inspiration from art? Or is it, like, the art itself is creating the idea of what eventually, yeah. you know, becomes... The, what these guys do, you know? Yeah, it's hard to know, but I'm kind of with you. I think it's more of the latter. I think yeah. it's like once you kind of put it in the ether, it's like that collective unconsciousness can kind of manifest it in a way. It's like, okay, even look at the way we have like a 
house design, product design, and everything like that. Everything's going sleek, white, clean, sharp edges. Square houses. Everything is just basic, minimalist bullshit. A little bit of random wood on the side just to make it not look as soulless. Yeah, and I mean, whatever happened to like the opulence? Whatever happened to like hand-carved brass? Whatever happened to... Columns like the Sopranos house. You see what I'm saying? (laughs) And I'm talking Dorian, Ionic, Corinthian. Okay, your boy knows his columns, okay? You sounded like one of those uh, one of those fucking Greek statue profile pick guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got a 12-year-old Greek towel boy I want to sell you. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's it's hard to ever know. That Kubrick thing really does trip me out, though, when you look at it. Okay, and then look at the moon landing footage, mm-hmm. how fuzzy it is. It's fucked up. It's mm-hmm. like, well, if you could trick everyone into thinking 2001 looked lifelike without anyone even realizing... That's what space was or is, or maybe that's just like the image of space that they want to put in our minds. You know, right. maybe maybe that's where the indoctrination comes in, where they're they're fabricating a reality. It's like, look at kids, dude. Kids are obsessed with two things when they're born: space or dinosaurs. Yeah, Kid, little boys. That's your choices. Those are either space. Men have two personalities: or dinosaurs. or dinosaurs. Until you're four years old, that's it. That's yeah, what yeah. you're cooking with. Right. And so, I mean, the, the, the indoctrination starts that early. And so when you're, when you're born into these systems, like we say all the time, we're born into systems that we think are normal. Yeah, yeah. And it's like this um, kind of biased input that is placed upon us without like kind of our own decision making. I mean, but that's like, I guess that's being raised, you know, essentially. True. But it's like, it's, 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 maybe it's, it's not sinister, but it is like very much the way things go. Like yeah. you're, you're being fed something from, but that's how, I mean, that's how human learning works, you know, yeah. like it has to be done that way. Like, I don't, I mean, what would happen to a baby if you just like, all you did was give it water and food? Yeah. And just you know, left and like, it. you know, like took care of it, but didn't like, no, like, input, you know? Well, you probably have a feral kid. I think they found one at one point. There was, like, a 12-year-old girl they found in a house who was, like, being kept alive but, like, couldn't talk, like, acted like a fucking, you know, rabid wolf or something. Like, it's crazy. Next thing you know, they're on TikTok chopping up giant salamanders, <laughs> fucking frying them in oil. I'm convinced, you know, I mean, I all fealty to the great Chinese, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure if aliens came to the planet, they would fucking fry and eat those motherfuckers. We wouldn't have to worry about it. You think they'd go after they'd the Chinese chop them, first? They'd chop, no, they'd show up and they'd be like, hey, how's it going? And then they would get a hold of them and immediately dunk them in a vat of oil. Oh, hell yeah. They'd I be see. like... <laughs> I see what you're saying. Like, the, yeah. next, the next coronavirus is going to be extraterrestrial, <laughs> they, they is would, what you're saying. They would dunk them in a fucking vat of oil in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> like in a fucking heartbeat. There was a, this... I posted a clip of it earlier of them eating. The, they were holding the great, the giant salamanders, and those are like an endangered species. There's some Chinese TikTok girl who purposely acquires endangered species animals to eat and them. films videos for like killing them and eating them. It is fucked up. They're like these ultra rich Chinese people too. They drive like a Porsche. Dude, there's a special place in hell for them. Uh, dude, it's insane. Like, That's it, nuts. Like giant salamanders, they call them wawais because they cry like babies when you pick them up. What? They're like, like, like they're like giant fucking fat slimy babies yeah and they're cute as fuck <laughs> this chick's just How like could you sawing do on it <laughs> like it's fucking horrifying like it's some lively cartel beheading <laughs> yeah, it's literally it's, like, it's a salamander it's like that ah! tear dude it's fucked up jesus man. christ it's very dude. fucked up yeah uh, yo even r.i.p live leak but at least we have asian mukbang at least we videos. got tiktoks yeah still, you know? we get a little something <laughs> yo how's nico avocado doing fat <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Jeez. enormous planetoid. <laughs> fucking Dude, gigantic planetoid of a person. His freakouts are just the best. But he's one of those people. Okay, so I'm not. I, I mention a lot. You're very much more online than I am. Yeah, I am. But I think, like, you can, like, get into the Chris Chans. Like, you yeah. can get into that stuff, yeah, I right? Love it. <laughs> I think Nico Avocado is my Chris Chan. It is horrifying to watch. And seeing, like, his early stuff when he's, like, Not, skinny and. Uh, Miss, do you know the channel Mr. Snowflake? No. That's a good one to watch because he has like 
really in-depth documentaries. He has like a three-parter on Nico Cotto, and it's really good. Oh, well, then I'm... You should definitely... That's going to suck up six hours of your night. Well, as soon as I finish <laughs> watching a T90 official longest game of Age of Empires 2 ever, oh, God. I think it's about nine hours. <laughs> good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy, man. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking about taking off work and just like all day, like my work day is going to be just watching this Age of Empires <laughs> match. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking long form in Age of Empires. Which, yo, by the way, if I know I've said it, if anybody wants to play magic just dm us if anybody wants to play age of empires yo let's make it happen yeah. let's run some sieges let's get on there dm us i'll fucking hit you up fucking uh cullen started playing arena oh really yeah yeah he likes it he, he was like did all the color challenge stuff and so now like, i have another person i can fucking make cry oh yeah oh yeah no, he's yeah he's new but he he's likes it he was telling we were he was spurging out about it and telling me like oh, i was doing this with like a blue deck and blah, blah, blah. like yeah it's uh it's fun Okay, I'm I'm gonna call it right now. Cullen is a mono red player. I told him to make a mono red deck. Just his personality. Just to, I'm sorry, just he's mono it. red all day. Just do it. Yeah, I mean, well, that's I love mono. I love my mono red haste. Yeah. <sighs> it's just like it's like holding somebody and then just back and forth smacking them. Yeah, and then like players like you know Mia Wario, yeah. we have like you know some crazy combo we're trying to you're set like, up. Look at these, uh, and it's like no, let me get to turn you're six. Out here, you're out here laying out a picnic. I have a flamethrower, and, and I'm, you're just and going I'm, to and face. I'm roasting a pig. It's it, very it'll be done in five yeah. minutes. You know, <laughs> I love it. But now that's cool. If anybody wants to play some AOE, some arena, anything, hit us up. Yeah, we're I'm, trying to try to think of something I'm playing that people would go for. But uh, yeah. It's uh, I, I was playing Donna War the 40k Donna War. It's like they're it's kind of like their AOE slash um, fucking um, kind of like RTS style Warcraft three kind of yeah okay. like yeah it's it's a that game I was having a lot of fun doing that yeah I got sucked into that for like an afternoon, pretty hard, making some Space Marines baby hell yeah Can't, that's the only problem with that game is that like you can only play a couple factions they have like other versions of it that are way fucking better. Like, oh, and the game's just limited. Let's you play with like Necrons and Tau and all that fun stuff. Like the good the good teams. Yeah. I all all races were created equal in the Imperium, but the Necron and the Tau and the Dark Eldar were just created more equally. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Well shit, doggy. Uh I'm gonna run grab some seltzers real quick. You want a seltzer? Sure, why not? Yeah, yeah I don't can... I don't have any in the fridge. Take a little break room. Be right back. I'll just sit here and talk about Warcraft uh Warhammer Lord. So the so the dark Eldari, right? They're a they're a race of homosexuals, uh, and then you have the Necrons, which are skeletal Obamas, uh, and then you have there's space dwarves as well. They came back. Um, then you got just regular space marines. Those guys are cool, tough. Oh, thank you. Is that Donald Trump space force? That, yeah, honestly, if, if look, if Trump ran on I'm making the Space Marines a thing, I'd vote for him. Quite honestly. Like, real, I'm talking, they need power armor. They got to have all the weird, they got to have the extra organs, the extra second heart, the, it, ge, the gene seed. They got to have all that shit. I feel like if Trump promised us Master Chief, he's a shoe in dude. Yeah, no, absolutely. Not that gay one from the TV series. If not, he said, yo. Not the cuck one from the TV series. I'm talking... Eight foot tall, jacked, so handsome like, hogs, right? Mm -hmm. They all have hogs. Gigantic dick. Gigantic It's actually dick. got one little like armor plate in the center of it, kind of like how his armor is. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's got a nice nice uh, titanium cup. Like a callus, kind of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't know. Trump daddy. Bring back, uh, bring back Master Chief. No, there was a of clip Trump. of him today in the McDonald's. Yeah? And it's so awesome. Seeing Trump... With McDonald's aesthetics around him, it's the best. It makes me laugh every time. Like, I can't best. help it. It's like so when he invited the Super Bowl it's so winners, quintessentially American, dude. Yes, it's so quintessentially American. I love it. Like it's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Like the the goofiest like caricature of a businessman we've ever had in our history, and then fucking McDonald's around them. You know, it's just you can't you can't get better than that. Just like, just slamming quops all day. It feels like that's like what a Japanese cartoon of Donald Trump would be like. You know what I'm saying? Which I think, pretty sure they did that. I think they made an anime of Trump. I believe. There's oh, that's awesome. Anime, yeah, that's so sick. Excuse me. But I saw I saw a clip. Not so much a clip. It's actually kind of long, but it was dude. It was weird, man. I'm not gonna lie. So Trump 
did some like I guess it's part of his campaign. Like he's coming out and making all these promises and being like, "This is what I'm gonna do if you elect me." And the whole thing was just about law and order and and like being tough on crime yeah, and all that's that shit. The, yeah, the old Giuliani fucking shtick. Yeah, exactly right. That's what he's going for. So I don't know if you wanted to. Do you want to watch it real quick? Maybe yeah. we can talk about it. Because, dude, I'm not gonna lie. I normally laugh at people when they say Trump's a fascist, but yeah. this video, nah. <laughs> this video, I'm sorry, I might have he's, to bow he's out embracing of that his, fight. He's embracing his inner fascist. Yeah, dude, I'm definitely right. bowing. Out. Uh, dude, I gotta rock a piss too. Fuck. I don't know if I know enough Warhammer lore to continue the saga. The Necrons. All right, so Necrons. Necrons are. Are that that fat IT guy that work at your office? His name's Ron, and he's just got that pyramid neck, like that guy from like Ninety Day Fiance, or that like that black dude whose mugshot went viral. That's a Necron guy named Ron. He comes around and he always smells. He's he's the IT guy at your work, and and you never ever really want to call him, right? But you're like, fuck, dude, my computer has the red ring of death. Your 360 won't turn on. You can't answer your emails. You can't do anything. And that's when Necron comes into play. Old Necron, big Necron comes in to save the day, right? The sweaty IT guy. I think I've seen that guy on TikTok before. Yeah. 90 Day Fiance. (laughs) That's Necron. (laughs) Big old Necron. But um, Let's do this clip. Yeah, I know. I'm probably going to cut all that. Let's do the clip, bro. Sorry, I'm very hydrated today, you know. It's good. Are we going to have to move these? You pissing clear? Yeah, super clear. You pissing nice and clear? I'm, it's like a, what is it? Going clear is the uh, the Scientology thing. My my version of it is pissing clear. Yeah, we need to we need to bring back piss maxing. Yeah. I mean, it is that time of year, right, right before summer's when the piss starts. So, guys, so the Necron are battling the Cthone, and uh, the Cthone are awful. They, they, they want to destroy the Necron, right? <laughs> And the defund the police Democrats have turned our once great cities into cesspools of bloodshed and crime. There's never been anything like it. Here's my plan to restore law and order in our cities and throughout our country, frankly. First, because police forces have been gutted by Democrats' war on police, I will sign a record investment in hiring, retention, and training for police officers nationwide. So important. This bill will also increase vital liability protections for officers because the Democrats want to take those protections away from our police because we want them to do their jobs and we want them to do their jobs right. You can't take their protections away if you're going to have them do their jobs properly. So, point one, in qualified immunity. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, let's do that. Wait, no, 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 no. Uh, Opposite. Actually, expanding qualified immunity. Excuse me. Second, to qualify for this new funding and all other Justice Department grants, I will insist that local jurisdictions return to proven common sense policing measures, such as stop and frisk. Absolutely. Very simple. You stop them and you frisk them. Strictly enforcing existing gun laws against convicted felons, cracking down on the open use of illegal drugs, and cooperating with ICE to get criminal aliens off our streets and get them out of our country. Third, we will go... (laughs) Doing the classic bits, dude. He's doing his classic bits. Dude, but stop and frisk? That's the, that's egregious. that's the hill you're gonna die stop on. Stop and frisk is stupid as fuck. It didn't work when they did it. All it did was it just caused more problems. It was a it was a dumb fucking thing. Insane. I don't agree with it, and I think it's unconstitutional. Like period. Hundred percent. I I don't just because they I know they're gonna primarily target black people with stop and stop and frisk, but I don't want them to have the option to do it to me. <laughs> right. That's the only point I'll make about that the radical Marxist prosecutors who are abolishing cash bail, refusing to charge crimes, and surrendering our cities to violent criminals. They have surrendered like never before. 
I will direct the DOJ to open civil rights investigations into radical left prosecutors' offices, such as those in Chicago, L.A., and San Francisco, to determine whether they have illegally engaged in race-based enforcement of the law. I will also work with Congress to give the victims of their Marxist policies the right to sue local officials for harm and suffering, and it has been great that they have caused. If your small business is pillaged because shoplifting goes unpunished, if you're brutally attacked by a violent felon released without bail or bond, then you will be entitled to massive damages. That I agree with. Sh sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I I concur that like a lot of these issues in these communities that we see of these violent this violence that's rising is essentially due to like lax policies. But I don't think that the pendulum swinging as far right as possible and that stuff is the solution. Right. Like but I think there does need to be a little more done than what's going on right now. Well, I think the simple fact that you can actually sue officials for damages. Yeah, I that's think pretty now, based. Now that that's one thing. I'm like, okay, Trump, Daddy, I could get down cool. with that. Yeah, I mean, like, if they directly, if they could, if it could be, like, proven that they're, that something they did, like, letting this guy out on bond, and then, like, your house got robbed, and he shot your, shot you, or shot their family member. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like, yeah, you should be compensated. Because I feel like but, right I now, you like wouldn't have a lot of recourse besides, like... A civil suit, yeah. and, and you probably might not win that. <laughs> and you'd never get the money. Yeah, especially if you're not the person who, like, if, if you shoot the home invader... You'll get sued, mm -hmm. but chances are if you try to take the home invader to court, ain't shit going to happen. Good chance. Fourth, I will order the Department of Justice, or some people call it the Department of Injustice right now, and Homeland Security dismantle every gang, street crew, and drug network in America. Every single one of them will be dismantled. Okay, Duterte. I, I like the. We already know where these turf wars and drug dens are. We know who the people are, and we're going to charge them and charge the culprits with every crime that we can find. We're going to be fair, but we're going to be tough. We also need the death penalty for drug dealers. So important, and I'd add to that human traffickers, drug dealers, and human traffickers. They get the death penalty. Watch it stop and stop quickly. Fifth, in cities where there has been a complete breakdown of law and order, where the fundamental right of our citizens are being intolerably violated, I will not hesitate to send in federal assets, including the National Guard, until safety is restored. Dude, you can't just send the military yeah, on cities whenever like, you want. Yeah, it's 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 not a video game. No, this and this is like a very heavy-handed approach from somebody who doesn't really like the only way they understand to like resolve it is via like let's just smash it and destroy it. Like, well, not only that. Look at his base, how extreme they are. He needs to be saying these extreme this is, things. This, yeah, they love this. Is they this are is eating his, it up? This is his classic. This is classic Trump. Like, but not even like because he's not even using the like immigration stuff as much as he is usually does. But this right. like this tough on crime thing. I guarantee you, this is straight from Giuliani. He's like, go tough on crime. Look at this shit. Like elevate every little instance of it that you can yeah you know and make it like this huge hoopla have people fucking quaking in their boots that like oh uh, someone could kick in your door at any moment which can't happen right don't get me wrong that's just a fact of life but mm -hmm. make it seem like it's even more possible than it actually is mm -hmm. which is just like it's kind of gaslighting you know it really is <laughs> like, i get it i get it he wants to get elected but you know nancy pelosi would have accepted our national guard or our soldiers you wouldn't have had January 6th, but she and the mayor of D.C. didn't Bold do move. that. Sixth, we will end the leftist takeover of school discipline and juvenile justice. Many of these carjackers and criminals are 13, 14, and 15 years old. I will order the education and justice departments to overhaul federal standards on disciplining minors. So when troubled youth are out and troll, they're out on the streets and they're going wild, <laughs> we will stop it. The consequences are swift, certain, and strong, and they will know that. Seventh, I will protect the right of self-defense everywhere it is under siege, and I will sign concealed carry reciprocity. Your Second Amendment Let's does go. not end at the state line. Dope. In addition, I, I will, of course, fully secure the I'm border, dramatically increase interior enforcement, and wage war on the cartels. 
We have never had a border so secure as it was just two years ago. And now our border is the worst anywhere in the world and possibly of all time. There's never been a country that allowed to happen what's happening in the United States right now where millions of people are pouring across our borders. They come from mental institutions. They come from the prisons. They're all being let out so they can come into the United States. They're poisoning our country. We will also take back our streets from the homeless, the drug addicted, and the mentally ill. I will discuss those plans in much more detail very soon. That is how I will bring back public safety to America. I want to thank you. We're going to make America great again, and we're going to make America safe again. Thank you. So that's going to be the new ta- tagline this go around. It's not going to be keep America great. It's going to be make America safe again. That's going to be the new tagline. He, that's going to be his whole thing. Yeah. And and honestly, the most I think the most chilling line out of that entire speech was when he said, they are poisoning our country. Yeah. Like that is the most nationalistic fucking like yeah, this is some, his, basically like, fascist like, rhetoric. I could sit there and now I can see like apoplectic like nerds who are like, yeah. he's a fascist. Like I feel like you could actually, you yes, could, you could sling that now and it like, it'll stick a little more. This going. Yeah, that was my first thought. That was pretty like, that was pretty heavy handed. And uh, I mean, I, I think I know what he's trying to do is he's trying to look so strong that it'll like, he needs to recapture that chutzpah he had in 2016. You know exactly. What I'm saying? And like, that's like, this is just, he's just playing the hits, you know? And I mean, I, I don't blame, I don't blame him. Cause that's going to get him elected probably. Uh, especially after, you know, Mr. Joe Brandon's business. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? I don't know. I either that, or maybe we'll get another nice fortified election. I, I just can't can help they do but that think again? though, <laughs> of course they can, but I can't help but think though, when I look at just the, the situation we've been presented with every year, yeah. I mean, or every election cycle, I feel like the most people's biggest critique of the American political system is that we're kind of like forced into this two-party system. Right. And a lot of people want other voices, diversity of thought. You know, there's more than one way to skin a cat, but we're sure. given this false binary. So when you look at what Trump's saying, how, you know, now I'll I'll I'll, I'll say it, like that's pretty far-right shit that he's saying. Yeah, for sure. 100%. You know, where, whereas, you know, years ago or even just a couple months ago, I may have told someone you're overreacting, you're looking into things too much, you're overusing the word fascist to the point where you're diminishing it, yada, yada, all that stuff. But now when he says stuff like that, like they are poisoning our country, like that's some shit Hitler said. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely some, you very, know, uh, yeah, that's pretty close. So I don't know. I feel like this clip, I literally just saw it today. Yeah. Whatever. And it, it was kind of jarring just to be like, really? Is this what we're doing now? This is because, uh, well, that's the, the only, the only place to go from here to where discourse has gotten is like doubling down at this point. Right. All that anyone can do is double down on either side. Yeah. Like that's all you get now. We don't get anything that makes sense. You know, we don't get anything that's like sensible that's meant to like, you can only double down on this stuff that doesn't really help anyone, but it allows you to kind of like, uh, you know, do this to give the fingers to the other side. Yeah. And uh, so that's the only stuff you're going to get out of these people. You know, it's, it's lefties. You'll get like weird, like racial guilt tripping stuff. Uh, and like, you know, trying to like cater, cater favor with people who want certain social programs and certain social things that they want done or to be allowed, you know, and then with the right, all you're going to get is like harder and harder, right? Bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, cause that's where they want to go from here. Cause they, I mean, both groups deal in a pop apocalyptic narratives yes the left deals in the apocalyptic narrative like they think at any moment the world's like five years from ending Mm -hmm. and then the right deals with the apocalyptic narrative of like they're destroying your entire way of life yeah that's like they're all that's like always the kind of thing like remember the america that your parents had they're taking that from you like don't let them take it it's always like that you know and like so they they teach they put them both in positions where all they can do is think about what there is to lose but not like any, not in a rational sense of what there is to lose. Like the whole planet getting fucked up and like us losing the oceans and shit. That's bad for everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I think they're very drastic about it. But like, I mean, sure, I think there's a conversation to be had there. But then like the very idea of just like making you think that like 
if you walk out your door in the morning, you're going to get like, cut, you're going to catch a stray bullet to the head because crime's so crazy. You know? Right. It's or like, you're just going to get mugged at every corner. Yeah. Or something. And yeah. It's like, I don't know, man. It's just, it's, it, this is all we're going to see, you know? Mm-hmm. And next year's going to be crazy. Like, I mean, you thought the 2016, like, campaign trail was nuts. Remember all those like crazy riots and shit and like uh, at like after Trump rallies and tally and shit. And oh, dude, it's gonna this be is gonna crazy. be like there's gonna be people getting murdered at these things. Oh, and I can't wait. It's not no, be- no, not for the murder. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I did. Oh, <laughs> my brain was formulating a thought and then it came out of my mouth right <laughs> after you said murder. <laughs> uh, no, I'm excited for the lulls. I'm excited for all the freakouts. Yeah, that's great. All the. I mean, we're gonna have some great content. Oh yeah, we're gonna have some good, solid content. But I mean, this is just, this is the type of stuff that really makes me just not want to participate too, because I feel like you know we talk about lefties and righties, but there are so many people in the middle, and there's a lot of people who are adopting more libertarian thought. Like the thing that gets me is that Trump, when he first got into office, a lot of people felt like he was sticking up for them he said that he's sticking up for the little guy he's saying hey uh, yeah i mean i i kind of bought into all that shit in 2016 right. i was like all about trump in 2016 so now when he's out here advocating stop and frisk he wants to expand <laughs> qualified stuck. immunity he wants to i mean okay uh, yeah i like that gun stuff though I'll yeah okay that. concealed carry reciprocity that's great you know there's there's some stuff that's cool but he's yeah, out I here have to go get like a paper that tells me i'm allowed to carry a gun Right. I mean, first and foremost, yeah. I mean, that that in itself is fucking wild. Oh, well, see, you can carry it, but you have to carry it like a fucking dork for the whole world to see. Isn't yeah. the whole isn't the whole point of like, hey, I got a piece. Yeah, it's and like all your second. Amendment I want right it. I don't want you, anyone to see it. Yeah. All your second amendment right essentially guarantees you is ability to own guns and like you can open carry one. Yeah. And that's all it really guarantees you. And, and they're and they're, you know, not to be like hyperbolic, but they're chipping away at that as much as they can. Sure. Sure. You know? And that that's one thing. That's that's a whole rabbit hole in itself. Yeah. Is the de-arming yeah, of I, a population? I, could, yeah. I mean, we all know where that goes. That's we just all not. And, and I don't. I don't care. Like how many bad things happen. I don't think they'll ever go that far yeah. because it just it don't, that bad things happen after that on on every everywhere. But back to the whole like populism thing, though, is that like I I feel like people were aligning with Trump because he was spouting you know populist rhetoric. But now he's coming out and like the stuff we just heard on that clip, yeah, like none of that. We're hearing authoritarian. That's rhetoric very, now. very authoritarian. And I'm, I am not an authoritarian in any way. Like no. I, I think there was a, a time where I was like an edgy little boy and thought that might have been cool. But like now it's just like it, that's like I want the government to have as little to do with my life as possible. Right. And like, I feel like everyone should. Everyone should. Some people really like the system and like that's fine. Like go for it. But like I personally like I want the I want kind of the ability to just kind of like carry on and not have to like deal with their shit. You, know? mm-hmm. you guys can do whatever you want. Like just leave me out of it. You know? Yeah. It's a fact that we're born into this system with no way of opting out. It's a little, you know, it's like, that's why you get all these exit society motherfuckers, like, who are just like, yeah, I'm getting, I'm leaving. Like, mm-hmm. You know, I've got my land. Uh, I stay out here on my plot. Don't really pay attention to anybody. And like, I guess that's, that's not a solution, you know, but it's like for some people it that's their end game. Like that's your solution. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not the solution, but it is a solution. If right. that makes sense, you know, but it's not like everyone can't just move out to the country and like completely disassociate from society that or else what, what will we have? It just, it. Yeah. physically cannot happen. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. yeah, but some people can make that happen for themselves and more power to you. Well, I think we're going to see more like hyper elites becoming, you know, the landowners and the hyper elites are the ones that are going to be able to have access to the resources and well, the- all this stuff while they continue to cram us into the 15-minute cities and then it's you don't know what you got till it's gone. To where all you want to do is go out and, and fish or sit on a mountain yeah. somewhere and you f- and you literally can't because the government won't yeah, let you. Yeah, because your little green pass won't let you walk out of this fucking one area or your credits won't work outside yeah. of it or some shit like that. And like and there are some people I think who aren't like individualist who would love who would thrive in that environment. A lot of leftists lot, I think would love there's that. There's a lot of people who would yeah, and they would thrive in that fucking environment. And you know, that's fine, but like you shouldn't want that for everyone and you shouldn't be like this is how the world needs to be run like you should yeah. be like well if it comes to that i'll live there it's like people should still have choice like sure, it, sure. it's like the very concept of you guys like these people who consider themselves like the the ones more humanitarian the 
they give more of a shit. Like they're the only ones. Like I remember they a lot of them used to codify themselves as like the only people with compassion. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, but you like your very nature of how you guys conduct your arguments and your ideology is like completely wrapped up in telling other people how to live, which yeah. I don't think it shows very much compassion or anything. Well, here's what gets me too is like when we were when we were like growing up watching you know liberal media on TV. You know, you watch stuff like uh, Comedy Central, Daily Show. They have all these shows. You watch Saturday Night Live. They're they're always backing Democrats, this and that. I mean, I'll be honest. When I grew up, I thought everyone was a Democrat because it's just like, well, this just makes sense. Why would anyone but a rich old white guy be a Republican? It's like yeah, yeah, the yeah. Democratic Party is, is the people's party. Peace, love, yeah. the little guy, this, that, all this stuff. And, and like I was so tricked as like a young adult watching TV and cable and, and watching all the celebrities and what they're saying. It's like I literally thought that like only Democrats were good people. Only liberals were good people. If you were a conservative, it meant you were inherently bad. Yeah. And it was all this stuff because they don't. They don't allow you it. That's well, why people call it a cult is because they don't allow you to see the other side's perspective and maybe kind of like empathize with it and find common ground. They need us polarized like that. Well, and I also think a lot of like the left back in the day, or at least what made up like the normal kind of you're like mainstream left, not like, you know, prog- like far right prog- or far left progressives and stuff like mm-hmm. mainstream left, which a lot of people were after the 80s because of like Reagan and stuff. And um but a lot of Democrats voted for Reagan too then at that time. But like there was a lot of people like it was almost like leftism was it was everybody was pretty close to the center, like for the most part, like or at least more people on the left were closer to the center mm-hmm. back then. And it was a lot more moderates like and, and there was a lot more of the ideas were like challenging authority, like the Daily Show and Colbert, like all that stuff was about challenging authority. And at some point they so they got so much representation i think i feel like and this is just like my opinion i feel like they got so much representation in the halls of power that they stopped caring about anti-authoritarianism because they had the reins in their hands so anti-authoritarianism doesn't matter anymore because it's our guys at bat yeah you know and so they will like advocate for some really foolish bullshit that doesn't work for everybody and like they they tell everybody like that video you said today like everything's an absolute and it's like yeah like that's like how a lot of these people deal it completely in absolutes of the idea of like oh well no we have to like implement this way of life for everyone to make sure we all don't fucking die and like it's always wrapped up in that at the end of the day and and it stopped caring about like oh maybe we're going too far yeah. You know, like maybe like maybe this doesn't, you know, one shoe doesn't fit all. Kind well, of. They've kind of like lost the plot. Well, isn't there point. also some sleight of hand involved where a lot of times we think of authoritarianism as like coming directly from the government. But we know that government and uh, big corporations are so tied in together. Mm-hmm. These special interests, mm-hmm. they're, they're basically one and the same. And so you see a lot of... Uh, government policies being passed to benefit certain corporations, certain corporations getting benefits from the government to carry out something that the government wants done. So there's a symbiotic relationship between brands and the government. And so a lot of liberals, I think, got tricked with that sleight of hand into thinking, you know... They don't see where the authority is coming from, right? They look at the establishment as a protector. They look at the government and the establishment as something to protect them because either they know they're like inherently weak or they think they can't survive on their own or maybe they do have some debilitating disease that they need social security. I mean, that stuff exists for a reason. That's a real thing, yeah. But there is, you know, program abuse that goes on and all that shit. Yeah, sure. They get people basically to idolize brands, idolize media, idolize characters, just like AOC. She's yeah. a fucking character. She's a CIA she's, fucking yeah, plant, dude. More and more, like she's gotten like she's like she, she like shedded all that street cred shit. Yeah, like it's gone now, and it's just like she's like she's just Marjorie Taylor Greene, but Latina and Democrat. Like it's the yeah. same shit. And so the all all the authoritarianism is coming from all different directions but they tricked people into not being able to recognize it mm. that i think that's really what yeah, yeah they've, they've they've it's all become kind of so emulsified into like kind of almost this one uh, like corporate 
ideology, you know, that's really just in service of these like larger groups. It's, mm-hmm. It really doesn't have much to do with you or I, except for like the little treats they give you to kind of satisfy. Yeah. Like, oh, we made gay marriage legal. And oh, like uh, now yeah. we're, we're going to fix the border and hurt, you know, stop crime. We're going to we're going to fucking go Duterte on drug dealers. Dude. Yeah. Right. Death sentences like he, you know, it's like. It's just so fucking dumb. <laughs> like it blows my mind sometimes, man. It blows my fucking mind. Yeah, and like, and even to the to the credit of like you know our last guest, I know they they don't agree with everything, nor should they yeah, agree with everything that we say. So. But yeah. you know, I find it hard to just fall back into that pattern of thinking of like, oh no, people are just stupid. And as long as I do know, my civic duty, like everything will wash out at the end of the day. Yeah, like that doesn't exist anymore. Like it doesn't work yeah, the way I, it should. I would should. disagree. Yeah, I would disagree that that's like the way to go. But, you know, again, more power to you. Yeah, and, and we don't have to agree on everything. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's fine. And, and that's cool and all. And so I just, I just find it really hard to participate, though, and to find the meaning and like going yeah, along with it. Like it doesn't, What's give, the it meaning? doesn't give me like a sense of purpose. Like, participate it doesn't give me like a sense of purpose in any way i know and like the people with the moral superiority who think that like the government is like some protection thing for them yeah is like the they they never see the hypocrisy or excuse me the paradox in trying to legislate more freedom you cannot be more free by writing more laws yeah so if we write a law yeah if we write a law that says these people are a protected class Right on its face value, you're like, oh, that's great because now this whole section of the population is getting the special treatment. They're being protected, and that's a moral good. But you cannot have that without telling a business owner, well, now you have to hire this person because of X, Y, or Z, some dumb fucking trait, or you know, a school has to take a a a kid in. You need to make sure that your racial makeup is this because of whatever reason you know and like uh well this you know these kids can't go to this school because you guys are at a quota or blah blah blah. like it just like you you can't make people more free by by making more laws and taking shit away humanizing doing that you're just making people into like statistics and numbers which i you know i mean that happens all the time but like i guess the idea of like why would you want that (laughs) like why would you want to do that i don't know well it's easier for those black rock guys and it's easier for financial sectors yeah I think to just treat everybody as if like they're not real. You're spreadsheets, you're just spreadsheets. Of course. I mean, you see it even at management, you know, local management at your job. How how disconnected the management is to the, you know, the boots on the ground workers yeah. and they don't understand their plight, they don't understand the nuances of how they're living. The lifestyles are totally different. So yeah, these BlackRock nerds and these financial guys like of course, it's dehumanizing. Yeah. They don't think we're human. Yeah, and I mean, and, and then, but the funny thing is, is when that like idea, when that stuff and that uh, that kind of way of thinking collides with actual humans and causes real damage, like the situation in Ohio right now. Yes. Okay. That that is causing real physical damage, and you got these government guys testing and going, everything's fine, and people are like, well, there's like fucking this shit in this creek. Yeah. Why is and, my like, creek iridescent? <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Like you, you guys are saying it's fine, and like they also, I saw a page that the parts per million that was toxic to people mm-hmm. on the CEC fucking website for vinyl chloride was changed right after that happened Jesus to Christ. a higher part to a higher parts per million. It used to be 10,000 and they moved it up to a hundred thousand. Don't worry guys. You're not being, they do poisoned. that shit. Like we've had so many instances of them doing this since 2020 that like, I don't see how you could still have faith in these people because mm-hmm. they do shit like this to cover their own asses. I mean, Pete has had, Maybe one phrase he's uttered about what happened. Pete Buttigieg? Two or three, maybe. Yeah. And then Biden's, I don't even think he said East Palestine since it's fucking happened. Oh, but he went to Ukraine. And you have our goofy fucking former president out there fucking stomping, dude. Yeah. Like, it says says quite a volume about it and the fact that you guys are minimizing the shit. And Pete's like, oh, well, these things happen a thousand times a year. It's like... That doesn't make it that this isn't a bad instance. And this has happened before in South Carolina by the same rail company, Northfolk fucking Southern. And the fucking, they had a thing in uh, South Carolina where it wrecked and they didn't give those people fucking any kind of disaster aid. Because apparently when a train that is owned by a company that is owned by large hedge funds crashes, you don't qualify for disaster relief. Oh, yeah. Which is fucking their whole shit that whole town is going to be fucked up for years from this Mm -hmm. and i'm not even being like 
bombastic here. That's the reality of the situation. So the the East Palestine fiasco is very different than a lot of like the climate alarmism we've been hearing. Like mm-hmm. this is a very like concrete like this happened and we're seeing the the consequences play out in real time. Yeah. You know, the black cloud over Ohio. Yeah. Some people are experiencing acid rain. Wildlife is dying. I mean, the people aren't going to be able to like live comfortably in that area forever. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a small-scale Chernobyl-style event happening. You know, no big deal. Happens and a thousand times a year. Here's actually a really interesting bit. Um, I meant to, I meant to actually find the white papers on this, so I could be wrong, mm. but I did hear that... Trump daddy actually rolled back some uh, policies that Obama had implemented. So Obama, when he was in, he tried to do like the Railway Safety Act. Yes. Where he basically was going to require... The ECR brakes. New brakes. Mm -hmm. Correct. And so Trump, when he got into power, all in the name of, you know, protecting business and this and that. And so that's where I'm on the fence because it's like, okay, obviously, if you had passed that law and enacted it and forced everyone to get these new brakes, this could have been avoided. Because here's the thing. When when you have small government people and libertarians, free market people saying, oh, well, you can't regulate a business like that. They should be able to do what they want. It's like, well, then you have shit like this. There has because to be some kind of regulation on some level. Sorry, libertarians. There has to be some kind of regulation on some Norfolk level. Southern, do you think Norfolk Southern wants to pay all that money for their updating braking systems? No. No, because that means their CEOs don't get fat checks at the end of the year. Yeah. And uh, so there's no incentive for them to do it. I do have something on that because um, a, a lot of the stuff is being blamed on those brakes and the rollback of Trump stuff. Okay. But the train vinyl chloride is a class 2.1 hazardous material. So it doesn't even need to be on a train that has those brakes. A okay. So the regulations wouldn't have done shit. Um, but also it's a, uh, it's a slower class. So they, the deregulation was on class three oil tanks okay. specifically. That's what that deregulation was on. Not these. These would have been there. No, like the regulation wouldn't have stopped this from happening. Essentially, got it. The problem is, is that they're doing this precision schedule, precision scheduled railroading, which was invented by some like old Norfolk Southern execs, and that's the stuff that the unions were like pissed about. Remember the train union stuff that was going on? Yeah. So what exactly is what? Repeat that. They said precision scheduled railroading. Here, I'll let me pull it up real quick. Is it where they just like send trains within like 10 feet of each other? It's very much to maximize. the. It's like based on like a, a certain car volume and it requires like longer trains, longer hours for the operators. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the schedule's more crammed. Like there's not enough brakes. Like they're understaffed. It's, it's a whole litany of fucking problems. Hang on. Let me get this shit pulled up. I think it's precision. Oh God. Hang on. I'm going to Google. But yeah, it's, um, they, it's basically like the unions were striking over that shit. Remember, because they were talking about how they weren't getting enough sick days, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And Joe Biden, like, forced them to basically shut the fuck up. Right. Last year. Remember, he ended the railroad strike. Yeah, your but lefty it, president is a union buster. But they literally <laughs> legislated it to, like, basically be like, shut the fuck up and get back to railroading, bitch. Pretty much. You know? So let me see if I can find a thing on precision scheduled railroading. Okay, yeah, yeah. So precision railroading or precision scheduled railroading is a concept in freight railroad operations pioneered by E. Hunter Harrison in 1993 and adopted by nearly every North American Class 1 railroad. So, And Class 1 is like commercial? Yeah, I would say. It's just like standard commercial railroads. Um, So it's a little different than railroad to railroad, but at its core, it's intended to benefit customers. So it just makes it so they can ship more shit faster. It's, 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 but the problem is, is that there's a human cost of like, it's, you got tired drivers and like, there's all kinds of other things. Like it runs the trains harder. And like, I don't don't know if you saw that video of the train on those, there was like some tracks in Ohio that are like, like yes, they're dealing with shit like that. And on top of that, they got a notification. It passed past a sensor. Um, a few miles before the derailing that said like the wheels were on fucking like the heat temperature on the wheels were way too fucking high. So they knew their wheels were melting. They were like, dude, chill. You guys well, got to stop. And they basically, the thing is like, they were like, Oh fuck. Like we just got to go. Like, cause the, the, the way precision railroading works is like, it's everything set on a schedule. Like it has to happen when it happens. And it's all, cr- it's a cram schedule. 
And so that that compilation of problems of like you know you got a fucked up old train, you got sparks, and like it said it was throwing sparks off of it. So it yeah, and not to mention too, when you have a longer train, that's more shit to inspect, more I shit mean, to go wrong. People, more shit to go wrong. But you know you have tired inspectors walking around after these long shifts; they're not going to catch everything. You know. Yeah. And so here's a good one on it. The, the perils of precision uh, scheduled railroading. So it's an operational model that seeks to streamline operations. For several years already, a number of issues have kept the debate over its value alive. They've argued that it provides shippers with consistent, reliable service. But um, implementing it has also helped the railroads lower their operating ratio, a gauge derived by a formula that helps them determine the financial health of a company. So, but the unions rep, see, this is the unions rep talking about it. The unions were like, this is not good. This is a bad idea. It's going, like, they basically were saying, like, derails are going to fucking happen. And we saw in the past week or two, there was, Several. like, fucking a million of them. Yeah. Like, it's like they're all happening at once. Uh, I can think of, like, at least three offhand yeah, that so we no, even know about. All the know. unions, I'm not going to list, I'm not going to read them all, but all the unions involved in railroading generally. Um, they're skeptical of PSR because it seeks to cut costs, and one way to cut costs is to reduce employee headcount. So it's bad. For, like precision scheduled railroading is bad for everybody, and it's because these hedge funds that own Norfolk Southern pushed for them to be on PSR. They're like, no, you guys have to run on PSR. You need to make us more money. Yeah, you need to, exactly. You, like, you need to make us more money. And I assume I assume it would also. It's like a double edged sword of trying to like recover from the stoppage that happened in 2020. Sure. You know, I'm assuming it, that's probably a consequence of that too. You know, at the end of the day. But um, it says U.S. operations of the Class 1 railroads has fallen roughly 25%, according to the data. said so they argue that PSR is infamous on adhering to a trick screen, train schedule jeopardize the abilities of workers, workers such as schedule, signal maintainers and carmen from doing a thorough inspection because they're like, that bitch has got to go now. So it's, 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 a, it's a huge compiling of issues. And it's just liability on liability it, it on liability. It can't be directly placed. It's very convenient for people to directly place it on like Trump's head when there was also like the the regulation of Trump that Trump peeled back had nothing to do with this train. Car. It wouldn't have even it wouldn't affected even fucking it. Affect. This this car would this car would have been on this track with that shit on it at the exact same and fucking it, time. Yeah. No matter fucking what. And that's I have, a good point. I have the Twitter link. If people don't fucking believe me, feel free to DM me and I'll send it to you. But it's a guy that's a firefighter. And he's like, no, we have the chart. He's like, I have the fucking chart because I'm a firefighter that says that vinyl chloride is a 2.1, not a class three, which P ECR breaks only affected class three vehicle or class three trains. Mm. So it's like, you know, it's, you it's great to like, that's why I kind of like when that's I saw that Trump. Easy, it's easy finger pointing. Yeah, it's easy finger pointing. It's, well, I mean, that's how kind of how any crisis works. You know, sure. when a crisis happens, the first thing you do is go, it's the president's fault. Yeah. You know, no matter who it is. doesn't matter who it is. You know, it could be Jimmy Carter. It's his fault. You know, so it's uh, that was an interesting little tidbit of info that I had picked up on that. But yeah, man, it's just. It's a tragedy that it happened. Yeah, it's fucked like, up. Like for real. Because it's going to have very real consequences in that community for a long fucking time, man. And uh, and. Just simply trying to do like the finger pointing thing, but uh, and uh, let's you want to play a butt guy clip? Yeah, yeah, you got a judge. Yeah, let's play the boot guy. So, the, and and it's just funny watching our officials worm and squirm around to not like uh, fucking be held accountable for it in any way. You know, I mean, like, yeah, sure, well, they didn't directly cause it, but uh, like. I don't know. You just shouldn't be like a fucking weasel. Like uh, Pete, I think Pete Boot Guy, Boot Guy, just a fucking weasel, dude. <laughs> Did you see the Ben Garrison comic of him with the fat ass? Uh-uh. Ben Garrison drew like a thing of him lifting the pride flag and like shoving the train derail under it, but his ass is like fat as fuck. Like, he got a dumpy? And that wasn't even edited. Like it wasn't even edited. Like <laughs> Ben is Ben is horny, dude. <laughs> dude. He got a dumpy. Ben is losing it. I'll see if I can find it. I got it in my photo. Pete reel. Buttigieg is a Pixar mom? Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. <coughs> so this, this video is captioned... I asked Secretary Buttigieg about the crisis in East Palestine, and I guess he didn't like that, so he took a picture of me. I'm just doing my job, sir. And who is this? Jenny Tayer? Yeah, she's a reporter, I believe. A reporter, some kind of journalist? Some kind of journalist. You're already on thin ice, bitch. Yeah, yeah, she's on thin ice, but I'll give her cred, I'll give her cred where cred's due. At least she's trying to bother him while he's out, out probably having like a very nice dinner or something while uh, the people of East Palestine's water is slowly poisoned. <laughs> 
Do you have to say, hi, how are you? Good, Jenny Chair at the Daily Caller News Foundation. What do you have to say oh, to the folks in Ohio, East Palestine, who are suffering right now? Well, I'd refer you to about a dozen interviews I've given today. And uh, if you'd like to arrange a conversation, uh, make sure to reach out to our press office. But I've had that conversation with you. Just you don't have a message here. for them? I do, and I shared it with the press many times today. I'd refer you to those comments. Do you mind sharing it with us? No, I'm going to refer you to the comments that I made to the press because uh, right now I'm taking some personal time and I'm walking down the street. Are you going down there? <clears throat> What's up? Are you going down there at all? Um, yep, yeah, I am. When are you going? Uh, I'll share that uh, when I'm ready. Okay, I'll talk thank down the you. Can I, get a, can I get a photo of me? Yeah, Secretary, okay. what do you... I love that he took a photo of her to like turn over to a Secret Service detail. Yeah, to be like, hey, this woman, don't ever let her that's get like close weird, to me. And that's like a weird fucking, that's a weird power trip thing right there to be like, I'm going to take a picture of this journalist and like make sure I, that like she's going to have people up her ass probably. Oh yeah, no, she's going to be harassed. Like shadowing she's, her, yeah. like like quite literally gang stalking her more than likely, you know. So I guess you're just not allowed to hold your politicians accountable no, anymore? No, how dare you get near me, you fucking peasant. Oh, but guys, be sure to get out and vote. Oh, yeah, here's that. Uh, Be sure to get out and vote. Holy, let me see this. Yo, that dumpy. <laughs> Yo, he kind of looks like a. He kind of looks like a fucking Kim Jong Un from here, like with the fat. I love ass. the like cherubic face and stuff too. With the black. <laughs> Ben Garrison's a weird motherfucker, dude. Mm. He's a weird guy. It's the most boomer fucking cartoons Literally, ever. I did like. Yeah. So I think I posted it in the Discord, and someone was like, "Someone was like." What is Ben Carrison's problem? I was like, his problem is that he's a fucking boomer. <laughs> like, that's literally his fucking yeah. problem. <laughs> it's like a deranged mental state. <laughs> he's, a, he's a boomer with too much voice. A boomer with too many fucking pins, dude. Yeah. <laughs> somebody, oh, my God. Let me take that man's crowns from him, dude. <laughs> take his fucking crowns away. He needs to stop. <laughs> yeah, whatever home he's in needs to stop yeah. giving him stop markers. Stop letting him do art hour, dude. He turns he one of those out of day. Get him in wood shop. Come on, dude. Ben Garrison needs to be making some fucking end tables or large, something. He's making large-assed chainsaw art of Pete Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> if I can't draw, I'll just sculpt him. <laughs> thinking about that ass, man. Yeah, can't stop damn. thinking about that ass. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Today was definitely more of a uh, political kind of show. We don't normally normally get into that kind of stuff, but yeah. I felt like with everything going on right now and just everybody, everybody's trying to point fingers at somebody else, there's crisis after crisis. Rhetoric just keeps getting ramped up and ramped up. Mm -hmm. It seems like we're on the part of the bell curve. Like if you're looking at a parabola, we're at the part of the bell curve that's just basically going straight up now. We're getting close. Yeah. Like there's no there's no easy slope to anything anymore. Sure. And uh, I don't know. I, I try not to like freak myself out over it. Yeah, like, you don't want to go doomer on it. You don't want to go doomer on it for no. sure. I I still try to stay grounded, try to, you know, take care of my family, the mm -hmm. people around me, be good in your immediate circle. I think that's really all you can do is just so like true. be be good in your own life, really. You know, and just kind of fuck all the bullshit. Like Yeah. I don't know. Voting, but, you could vote for any of these guys and yeah. this shit's going to pan out. Yeah. It's going to happen. Or you could play like Warhammer and Magic with your homies and just have a good time. I like that. You just do that. I like that. I'm yeah. gonna go. I'm gonna go watch ten hours of Necron lore now. Hell yeah, dude! That's the best. <laughs>